Okay, at this time, we have the pleasure of hearing from Mr. David Hope, and his message is entitled, God's Formula for a Successful Life. Thank you, Sean, and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome our visitors here, and welcome the people that are watching on line today. We've got a very good system now, I think, that uh, we can watch live, or if you miss it, you can tune in later. My wife and I had the opportunity of viewing that. Uh, we took an extended vacation, went to visit a couple of our daughters out of state uh, for Thanksgiving, and made about a three-week trip out of it. We got back a week ago Thursday, Looking forward to meeting, seeing all of our friends, and the, uh, we missed all the hugs and stuff they received. And come up Friday, we found out last week that uh, services that week were, uh, were canceled. So, uh, you know, we, we missed all that. So, but we knew we had a, uh, one of our sister churches here, United Church of God, that a lot of you know, and some of the people have visited over here with us. And we have a lot of friends over there that we've known for 50-plus years. So we, we went over there, and, and they send their condolences to everyone over here or their whatever appreciation anyway. But anyway, so, so hello from the United Church of God. And uh, one of my daughters may be listening today out in California, so hi, Becky, if you are. But anyway, it's, uh, it's good to be back, good to be here. And... Uh, you know, according to the email, well, a lot of our people were sick. I mean, a lot of them with the, the COVID and also the flu. And uh, we still have uh, quite a few that's still out yet today. So we wish all of you a speedy recovery and a well recovery. And, and uh, happy Sabbath, everyone. There is a God-ordained formula for a successful now and to also to be able to qualify for the kingdom of God. God has a formula. And I'm taking just a few points off of the minister last week. I'm not plagiarizing too much. But anyway, uh, the introduction is somewhat to him. And, uh, but I want to look, start by looking in 1 uh, uh, Kings, the third chapter, just to get started. You guys will be there. Maybe I ought to read off the wall back there. I, I'm used to, uh, I'm not making excuses, but uh, I'm used to using printing my scriptures off. I don't have to go through the Bible, but my printer's still screwed up, and I've got to do something with that. But anyway, um, so you bear with me. We'll do like the old-time days and go back and, you know, get this. Anyway, First uh, Kings, third chapter, verse 7 through 14, and beginning of Solomon's days of being king, and God had asked him, what does he want? And so he, we're just kind of breaking into a thought here, what Solomon uh, asked for. Verse 7, and now, O Lord, my God, and this was, we come find out this was a dream, and, and he answered him in a dream. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. You know, he really felt inadequate. Little child, 
I know not how to go out or to come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people which you have chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. So Solomon was very humble. Verse 9, Give therefore your servant an understanding heart to judge the people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this your so great people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing, and God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, neither have asked for riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to under to discern judgment. So quite a quite a honor for him to do that. Verse twelve Behold I have done according to your words, lo I have given you, just God speaking, a wise and an understanding heart, so that there is none like you before thee neither after you shall any arise like unto you. So this Solomon, as we know, was a very wise man, and nobody besides Jesus will ever be that wise again, although he veered from it a little bit when he got old. And I have also given you that which you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto you all of your days. And if you will walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David did, then I will lengthen your days. So God gave him over and above what he was asking for. And I don't have time to go in, and most of you have probably heard the story about the two women that had babies, they were, they were harlots and they had babies, one of them died during the night. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. If, if you haven't heard it and you're interested in it, just read the rest of the chapter. It's very interesting, the, the wisdom that Solomon showed. And we'll go over to uh, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13 and 14. Here is, and if you're familiar with the, the book of Ecclesiastes, sometimes it sounds kind of iffy, you know, kind of like, well, you know, it's kind of a useless thing, you know. But he sought after wisdom. He tried this. He tried that. He tried just about everything and realized, and, 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 and this would be interesting if you want to go into it. If you haven't done it before, uh, look into it. It's very interesting. But here, uh, in the midst of all of the, the negativity that Solomon said, the, the epitome of everything, it says in verse 13, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And he tried everything, money, poorness, anything. Fear God and keep his commandments. For well, this is the whole of man, and 
the word duty was put in there by the translators. It wasn't in the original. But anyway, this is the whole man. Fear God and keep his commandments. And that's really the main formula when you get down to it for a long life, for a good life anyway, today, and, and basically to qualify also, not that you're working yourself into, uh, you know, heaven or whatever the reward is for people. Uh, we're not we're not working for our salvation, but it's a good good way of living your life. For God shall bring everything, every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be bad. So if we're not judged now and, and if a criminal gets does something now and gets away with it, they won't get away with it forever. But the whole, whole conclusion is fear God and keep his commandments. Go over to the New Testament for a little bit in Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verse 43. No, I'm sorry, 34. Maybe our... Let's see, 22, 34. Breaking in again. But, the but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said unto him, You shall love, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. You shall love your neighbor as, as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. So basically, love God and love man is, is the basis for everything, and everything is, comes off of it. Go back, since we're in Matthew, go back a little bit, a few pages, to Matthew 6, chapter. Matthew 6, verse 24, and... And a series of scriptures in here are some that I don't know that I have necessarily a favorite scripture, but one that my wife and I really depended on in the early days of our uh, trying to decide whether we're going to keep the Sabbath or not and quit working on Friday night because I was going to lose my job. I, I was 99% sure I was going to lose my job. And, uh, you know, with four kids at home and lose the insurance and everything else, you know, we were, we were pretty bleak. But anyway, but these scriptures here really, really helped us. And, and, uh, and I know a lot of, a lot of people that have uh, used these ever since. Matthew 24, I'm sorry, Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will, else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And a lot of people do have to make that choice. You know, do we want to serve God or do we want to serve money? Is, is money our object? Is fame and fortune and all these things are, we can't serve both. We have to first serve God. And verse 25. Take, oh, therefore I say unto you, 
Take no thought for your life, for what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, nor yet for your body, what shall you put on? Is it not, is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? And we know a lot of people now with things are uncertain as they are, the economy getting the way it is, the world conditions, uh, inflation running away. Uh, a lot of people have reason to, to doubt, well, what's, what's my future going to be? But take these words of Jesus. This, this is red letters in my Bible and, and yours too, if you have the red letter Bible. You know, we can depend on God. And, and most many of us in here, I know a lot of people in here my age or older that have depended on the promises of Jesus Christ and God Almighty. Verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to your statue? You know, I can think about food and gain five pounds, and I get bigger, but I can't get any taller. So anyway, but, uh, verse 28. Why take you thought for raiment, you know, for clothing? For Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither spin. And yet I say unto you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed in like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not he much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. You know, and, and I know a lot of you people have faced something similar things like that. And, and like I said, my wife and I, when we were younger, uh, we had kids who were growing. They were growing faster than, uh, than their, we could supply clothes for them. And there'd be somebody in the church that uh, their kids did the same thing or just a little bit older than they'd, they'd pass down a good pair of jeans or maybe a dress or something for the girls. So, you know, and they look brand new. But anyway, God, God takes care of us one way or the other. I know one time, this, I hadn't even thought about this one. Maybe I've got time. But uh, we were having a pretty rough time, and and uh, just out of the blue, uh, my mother-in-law had sent my wife a letter with with a check in there, somewhere in the years back when her she was at home that her father had got injured on a railroad, and uh, there was some kind of a settlement check or something, and and uh, just just so happened that uh, uh, she got some back money out of that. We weren't expecting that, and. I mean, it's just one little thing, you know. There, there's so many things that and I'm sure I've, I've heard people talk about that, that God will take care of us in, in, in whatever situation he feels. Uh, verse 31, take, therefore take no thought for saying what shall we, oh, I read that in there, over close. Uh, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father, listen to this, knows, God knows, Jesus knows, all these things, but seek you first. And this was a, the scripture that, that my wife and I had to pound off of each other every once in a while in our Bible study. You say, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek him. Seek him. Keep his commandments. Keep his laws. Love his people. Love the people of the world. And the righteousness and Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Now, we never did get real rich, but we had it, we got through, 
you know, we, we uh, anyway, I don't want to take too much time. I better get on. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. We've got enough problems today that we don't need to worry about tomorrow. They're, they're going to be here, and as my wife always says, as she tells our, our children, you know, 90% of what, what you fear doesn't come to pass anyway. You know, it, it, it happens up here more, more times than it does in real life. Uh, anyway, but, but seek you first the kingdom of God. And uh, um, sometimes we need uh, even, uh, you know, personal Bible study, prayer, fasting, things of that nature is all part of it. And uh, sometimes we even have to change our schedule around so we can seek God first. And uh, the church used to years ago, they, they didn't tell you you have to do this, but recommendations, you know, to get your day started off right, you know, start off for praying to God, you know, maybe doing some Bible study or reading or something and, and, and you know, get, get your mind already settled on God and God's way. And I know we had, uh, having uh, four kids at the time, we ended up with six, and, and uh, Keith had hers had 11. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you, we had to judge, juggle the schedule around to fit the prayer and study in, but my wife would have to get up earlier, a lot earlier than the kids did, so she could uh, uh, do her prayer and Bible study. And anyway, but... That's just another key to do that. Uh, Psalms 111. Psalms 111 and verse 10. Here's David speaking here. Fear the eternal, or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear God, keep his commandments, beginning of wisdom, a good understanding have the, all they that do his commandments. His praise endures forever. And there's another scripture similar to that. Uh, they said that was the, the, the beginning of wisdom. Here's a scripture in Proverbs, uh, first chapter. Proverbs first chapter verse seven. The fear of the Lord. And that don't mean be trepidation. I'm just afraid, you know. Uh, of course, it should be if we're doing some bad things that we shouldn't do. We ought to fear, but but we honor God, respect God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So fear, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom also. And if you need wisdom and other uh, uh, familiar scriptures over in James in the New Testament, James 1. And how many times do parents have to ask for wisdom? You know, their kid wants to do something, you know, do uh, go to, to a party or go somewhere with somebody, and you don't know that person per se, and uh, we don't always know what decision to make, but you know, we ask for wisdom. James says, uh, James 1, verse 5, 
if any of you lack wisdom, ask, let him ask God. So any of you lack wisdom, and I do a lot of times, sometimes we don't know what choice to make, what decision to make, but any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. He won't scold you for asking for wisdom, and it shall be given him. So I take that, and so many times uh, uh, I didn't know the decision I was making was right until many years later. We, uh, one time back, I don't know, what was it, around the 70s or so, I guess, we were, uh, uh, had, I was over the track team in the worldwide, Tulsa Worldwide Church, and I had the track team. We had, just like the basketball team, they, they had tournaments in, you know, different places, regional and and national and all that, and, and go to Amarillo, go to Wichita, go to so-so. Uh, we took this one particular trip, we took to Denver, Colorado, and they were having a big bass that night with the teenagers, and we had a whole station wagon full of uh, teenagers, and uh, I think we had five or six of us, I guess, of them. And they wanted to go to a party, and I, I really felt like I'd like for them to have fun, but I didn't, I just didn't feel right. I thought, well, I, I need to have their parents' permission. I asked God, and friend did to, you know, please give us wisdom. We don't want these kids to be mad all the time, you know, and give us a cold shoulder all the way. And uh, anyway, so instead of letting them go, we went out and, and panned for gold out, uh, out by Central City. And... Uh, Anyway, found out later that, uh, uh, much later after our kids were grown about that, they were re reminiscing about the, uh, the times in the church, the good times that they'd had, and uh, they, they mentioned a deal about the party that it was a good thing that we didn't let them go. I won't go into it, but anyway, but they had a blast anyway, so... Uh, it's just one of those times that we didn't know what to do. You just have to depend on God. You know, God, give me the wisdom, and I'll, and I'll, I'll try to figure it out the best I can. But anyway, ask God. Second um, Timothy. Second Timothy, third chapter, verse 15. An example of someone that uh, that's in the Bible that's used that for a long time. Second Timothy three fifteen. I'll break into it. Verse thirteen. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceiving, but continue you in that in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Verse 15, and that from a child, talking to Timothy, and from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, even Timothy, from a, from his youth, 
understood the scriptures, understood that you get wisdom, understand that it's a more perfect way to live. Back over to the, the Old Testament, the, some, some people call it the Older Testament, some of the Protestant churches, uh, the ministers, uh, I've heard them say the Older Testament, that's okay. Anyway, where, however you get there anyway. Deuteronomy uh, 6th chapter. Deuteronomy 6. And verse 1 through 9. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land where you go to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and all of his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your son's sons and all the days of your life that you that your days may be prolonged. So here's another indication that you may have a longer life. And just like one of the scriptures, when, when it talks about honor your father and mother, that your life will be long upon the earth. And then in the New Testament, it, re- it repeats the same thing. And he says, that's your, uh, the first uh, commandment with a promise. You know, and the New Testament says that. So that's not done away with. And you honor your parents and and if you look at it, it's not just children honoring their parents, you know, and uh, Jesus was talking about they, uh, I'm just referring to it now, uh, that they, uh, a couple or a person anyway, was uh, dishonoring their parents because they were obligating money to the church or to some foundation or something that, that had more respectful and all that and not giving to their parents. So they were... Uh, telling them, you know, even when you're older, that you need to respect and honor your father and your mother, that your life will be long. Okay. Verse 3. Hear therefore, O Israel, and, and observe to do it, that it may be well with you. Not, not that it's going to be hindrance, not that it's going to cause you a lot of pain, a lot of misery, but it, that it may be well with you that you may increase mightily as the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land that flows with milk and honey. See how far I'm going to go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. So many places it talks about that and gives that in context with promises if we do these things. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. You know, get a, you know, study the word, meditate about it, think about it, think about the consequences if you don't do that, the negative on that and that you shall teach them diligently to your children. And how many people in today's society do not teach their children? So many people nowadays, and I don't have all the statistics here. I've, I've had them up here, but I don't have them codified. 
but, and you have seen statistics too over the, so the last 30, 40, 50 years how much religion has declined in, in church membership, in uh, uh, schools. We've, they've had religion taken totally out of schools, out of football games, you know, and, and many, many people are not teaching their children about God. Even, even uh, people that have been in churches for years, uh, many of them are not teaching their children. It's just, they're just letting it die with them. And you shall teach them diligently unto your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Uh, and we know people that... that uh, when. They talk about God all the time to their family, to their kids or grandchildren. Uh, you know, when you're driving down the road on the highway, you know, talk about the, the, the principles. There's always opportunities to bring up the, the godly principles. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontless before your eyes. And you shall write them upon the post of your house and upon your gates. Drop down to verse 24 and 25. I haven't put it on my mailbox yet. I, I might get tarred and feathered. I don't know. I may try it someday. I don't know. I'm not that weird. Verse 24. And the Lord commanded us to do these, the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord, like Solomon said, and that you might preserve that you might preserve us alive as it is at this day, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God, as He has commanded us. I'm going to go back to the scripture, one of the scriptures I started with earlier. And Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. I read that before, but I, I, I think so much of it, I want to want to read it again. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and 14. And as I've said, Solomon had, had, had already talked throughout the, the 12 chapters how negative it is, how without God in your life, without God in your life, life is really... Anyway, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The whole conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So let us hear the conclusion. For this is... Like I said, the whole man. Um, I can't go. I can't cap that off any better. <laughs> I'll read the last verse. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every sacred thing, whether it be good or, or, or evil. That God does have a formula, and the basics of that formula is to fear God and keep His commandments. And we can add some other things to it, but that's the basis of it. Fear God and keep his commandments.